You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're going to get things kicked off right away. We're going to be talking to Tony DeZino from NBC Sports uh, on their website on the Great Lakes Great Midwest Bank Hotline. And, uh, Tony, welcome to the show. Thanks, Z-Man. And coming to you live from a actually happily sunny road America, uh, which it has in the last couple of days. Yeah, and you're up there for the uh, the Continental, uh, IMSA Continental Road uh, Road Race Showcase uh, today and tomorrow. And yesterday was an incredible. I mean, I guess if you're a photographer, you got some great photos and some great rooster tails and whatnot. But uh, for a fan and some of the campers, it was certainly a trying experience. But overall, I mean, considering uh, all the all the races they have, up, you know, they've had up there in the last few years, I, I think we've gotten off pretty well considering uh, the weather. Yeah, this is a this is kind of a surprise that it, it hasn't been. And, and today it's it's gorgeous. I think there's possible some spotty showers in the forecast for tomorrow. But uh, after the teams were a bit delayed on loading on Thursday, everyone got out for a bit of rain running yesterday. It was off and on, uh, some heavier than others. But there's a there's a great amount of action with the uh, the primary IMSA race qualifying in about half an hour for that. The Continental race later today, and then the Lamborghini Trofeo and Porsche GT3 series are also here. So there's I think about six or seven total races for the weekend, so there's just plenty of action. Yeah, it certainly is, and uh, I, I think uh, we're, we're going to have Catherine Legg on uh, in, in later in this hour on the show. She's, of course, driving for Michael Shank and that hot, hot Acura team, and uh, she was kind of a bit of the surprise yesterday, wasn't she? Uh, yeah, they... Boy, tough one, tough spot now because uh, this morning, unfortunately, they had a they had an incident in practice where Catherine lost the back end coming out of Canada Corner, so the team has now suffered some significant front end damage. Um, she's super talented and certainly is, has done a lot with that program this year. She's won a couple races with with Andy Lally, her co-driver, and the the Michael Shank team, which we've talked about, and the, the new car. Um, unfortunately, now they're in a bit of a race against time to, to build their, their car up for Sunday's race. But, um, you know, this is a track that she is she loves, but it doesn't seem to love her back for whatever reason. I mean, between between this, what happened this morning, and then her, her infamous uh, big crash here in a champ car way back in the day, it's, uh, it's a place that, for some reason, the racing gods don't, don't exactly smile on her uh, the most. He certainly don't. I thought it was interesting, though, when uh, I was talking to her. She, she actually brought up that crash in 2006. And, you know, her opinion on it, and we'll hear more from her, but, you know, it was a mechanical failure with the wing in that. So, I mean, it was like, it was something yeah. I had no control over, and I just, uh, just, I, I, I just went and moved on and, and, you know, went from there. So, yeah, she is uh, quite, she's a quite interesting uh, driver. Doesn't really get the headlines I think she deserves, because I think there's a little, there's a little more ability there than a few other people out uh, stealing headlines right now, and, uh, but uh, certainly with Michael Shank racing, it looks like she uh, has found a home. Yeah, um, I would I would say so. Um, it's been a good fit for, for the two of them this year. They've wanted to work together for several years, and the timing really never came together before that. But I think that's actually one of the, the best parts about the IMSA paddock, Steve, is that we've got you know, a variety of great manufacturers, great teams, a lot of excitement here with Acura actually having announced its uh, Team Penske prototype program a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the Mazda program with Yoast, uh, that's been announced. They're 
main people are here this weekend. So, you know, Catherine is one of many talented drivers, and I think the fact that manufacturers allow for, you know, two driver pairings gives you a chance to see even more talented drivers. So, you know, whereas IndyCar, you've got, you know, 2022 of the best guys in the world. Here you've got an even greater amount of, of content, uh, in really in, all, in multiple classes. Yeah, and, of course, also it was a kind of late – coming together, but I think, I don't know if you touched on this last week or not, but, you know, the Pippa Man, uh, Shea Holbrook uh, teaming up, and that's an interesting uh, 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 duo there uh, this weekend, but also, not only that, also if you want to touch on uh, it, it's kind of becoming an annual event where they un- they unveil the next year's uh, calendar for, and they did that yesterday, didn't they? Yeah, that's uh, okay, gosh, nice segues uh, into posts that are live on NBCSports.com and ones to come next week. Uh, hitting the Pippa Man and Shea Holbrook thing first. So they've been friends for several years, but they've never had the opportunity to work together. Shea had tested with another team here a couple weeks ago. Um, various things happened kind of in the background that led her to reach out to Pippa, who's been driving for Wayne Taylor's team in the Lamborghini Series this year called Prestige Performance. Uh, so they put a really last-minute deal together to be in a car this weekend. So they have two races. Um, that's a cool opportunity for, for both of them. In terms of the schedule, they, they did the schedule announcement on Friday. It's kind of become an annual tradition here, both in the American Le Mans Series days and now in the combined IMSA Series. Uh, I spoke with Scott Atherton afterwards. There's a lot of consistency. Uh, Mid-Ohio comes onto the schedule next year, replacing Circuit of the Americas. That got announced last week. Uh, I apologize. I wasn't able to, to be on last week because mid schedule is nuts. But um, oh, no, that's fine. a lot of teams like this. Sorry? No, that's, that, that's lot, fine. I mean, Yeah, a lot, a lot of teams like the stability in, in the schedule because you, you know where you're going. The, the Friday at Road America becomes almost the biggest day for hotels because everybody everybody books next year's schedule in advance. And so it's kind of the, the race to get the rates before they get jacked up. So that's kind of the, the uninverted uh, side effect of when that the, comes out. But it means everything's settled for the next year, which is which is good for programs and allows teams to kind of plan. Yeah, I, I kind of I, I find that uh, the, the switch between Mid-Ohio and Circuit of the Americas kind of interesting on a couple of angles. Because one, you know, Mid-Ohio, of course, is a very storied uh, track, but I mean, it, it, it's fun track to visit, it's fun track to camp at, but but let's be honest, it's not the most advantageous for passing. And then the other part, of the, the second half of that is the Circuit of the Americas. Does that bode well on its future if IMSA's, if IMSA's not there? Coda, Coda's in a weird spot. And I always kind of looked at this year as kind of a watershed year for them because with sports car races, they don't quite have the, the overall draw of a Formula One race or an IndyCar race. And at Coda, there were three different sports car weekends at the track this year. IMSA's was in May earlier this year. And then in September next month, they have a, a Pirelli World Challenge. We've had Ryan Eversley from from that series on before, and Peter Cunningham and, and that team. They, they run in September, and then the World Endurance Championship runs in September. And it's hard to really justify getting a draw for those three things. I don't know if that helps them going forward. Mid-Ohio is a very rustic track, very kind of legendary sports car thing. I think with it being a multi-class racing should help uh, the passing situation there. For IndyCar, it's not the best. You really kind of have to do strategy to, to move through the field, although we saw last week Joseph Newgarden was able to put a pass on. But uh, to, to tie a bow on that, I think it, I think it will be better for IMSA, and I think it will be better for them going ahead of the IndyCar weekend because there's going to be similar to what we saw last year when IndyCar came back to Road America and there was a huge draw. I think there's going to be the same 
kind of fan camping turnout at Mid-Ohio when that comes back on the MC schedule next year. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, Circuit of the Americas, they've had their difficulties, and be honest, you know, I, I after the that, that one monsoon F1 race, I mean, let's that's, that's, that's be blunt here. I mean, that they were they basically, had, I think, had to put the paddles to that track to make it, you know, made it sure. Was, it was, you know, yeah, it was. Indeed, it was brutal, man. I was, yeah. I was there for that, and, and that was the only time in, in 10 or 11 years of doing this that I've actually had to stay home. Uh, and not drive to the track because it was simply un- too too unsafe to go you know 20 miles up the road because how right. how the flooding was. Four fans went that day were actually bust into the track and they they couldn't get in because the track was closed on the Saturday. They, yeah, they took a bath literally and, and uh, figuratively that weekend, and, and it's been tough for them to, to bounce back as a result. And the thing about it is that, that track has really nice facilities, but it's. It's always kind of a love-hate relationship, it seems, because of how much how much of an F1 track it is, and how that doesn't necessarily translate or work for other other championships. And you, there's a, I, I was reading your article here in Madison Snow in the Lamborghini series. How how is that series coming along? You think overall? He um, well, he's in he's in the WeatherTech championship now with uh, the Paul Miller team. That's, this is the, the catch with sports car racing is some of there's so many series it's kind of hard to distinguish but he did do some of the one-off racing and that it was an interesting thing that that i looked at this weekend because you know you look at some of the popular pairings in the gt classes and it's guys that have been together for years you know in corvette and and porsche and ferrari and bmw ford you see guys that have been around a while but in the gt daytona class you don't really see that as much but the teams that do have that continuity are able to rise to the top and in Madison's case, you know, here's a 21-year-old kid that's been around five, six years already, and you're thinking, how is this possible? But he and Brian Sellers have a good working dynamic. Uh, the Lamborghini is now more established within the series in the second year. Uh, they had a podium last week, at, uh, two weeks ago at Lime Rock, that they could do really well here this weekend. So it's just kind of a, a primer on a guy that, you know, you might not know now, but as, as someone who's already very experienced for his age, something I can relate to because, you know, everyone thinks I'm, you know, this mid-30s guy. I'm only in my late 20s. But uh, it was cool <laughs> to just kind of tell his story, catch up with him a bit this weekend and see where, where he's at and where that team's at. Talking with Tony DeZino on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Uh, Tony, one more thing, and then we'll take a break, and we'll bring you back for some IndyCar news uh, after the break here. But before we go there, i got David Hobbs coming on next hour, and I want to kind of get your, your – your opinion with the halo that's being introduced i'm thinking uh the halo will run at preseason testing and then the drivers are going to revolt it's going to be removed and uh, what's your opinion on that i read some things this week where uh one of mercedes young drivers tested it at at hungary at the post-hungarian grand prix thing and said it actually didn't obstruct his vision in some respects it helped him because it kind of kept the sun out of his eyes that being said that they have to the FIA has to define the parameters of it to where is it a, is it one set halo? Can the teams design their own one? Do they make it look as aesthetically pleasing as possible, or is it going to be something where because we've seen the F there, there we've seen there be turn back on things before where there mm-hmm. uh, where something gets announced and it doesn't actually happen. So I, I guess my question with it is 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 it really has it really gone through enough testing? And more to the point, have they explained the testing process? better to why it just seemed because to me when they announced it it seems like it was kind of we just got to get it to get it out not necessarily because it's it's universally popular so um 
we'll see how it goes. I think there have to be more tests later this year, and I think for sure in preseason testing you're, you're going to see it. Um, and unless they unless they rebel, I don't I don't I don't know. It's not a dictatorial landscape anymore in that paddock because with Bernie Ecclestone being gone, I think there's more input from the team. So we'll see if they act on it. It should be interesting. Uh, we'll find out what's happening, uh, you know, in the spring uh, next year. Uh, Tony, let's go take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we'll talk uh, more uh, IndyCar racing with Tony DeZeno from NBCSports.com. You're listening to the final inspection show from the Goose Island Alehouse at Wisconsin State Fair Park. the final inspection show broadcasting live from the Goose Island Ale Hall at Wisconsin State Fair brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda joining us in the Great Midwest Bank Hotline it's Tony DeZeno from NBC Sports talking some IndyCar Tony and uh, after mid-Ohio I think we can say the coming of Joseph Newgarden has arrived especially after that pass he made is that going to be his uh, that one iconic pass of the year I, I tell you, Z-Man, it's great. For for a track renowned for its lack of passing, Mid-Ohio has had three of the best winner overtake passes in the last five years. Um, you had Charlie Kimball on Pagano a few years ago, then Pagano on Willpower last year going through the carousel, and now Joseph Newgard just puts this freak-out move where he goes outside uh, on the run to four, snaps back to the inside. Will had no idea it was coming, and uh, – you know, he went down the inside, he cleared him, and the thing that that stunned me was he pulled out like three or four seconds in the next two laps. I mean, he was gone. I mean, we were just watching. Will was hanging on for dear life at that point. And, it was, you know, it was really nice to see Joseph win a race that wasn't something where he sort of, I don't want to say lucked into it, but I was a bit fortunate with, with other guys uh, having issues. This happened in Barber when Power out of puncture on his left rear tire, and then in Toronto where a, a caution flew and he got in, so he basically leapfrogged the field there. This was a, this was a, a championship-caliber statement performance from a guy who, you forget, is only 26 and in his first year with Team Penske. Yeah, and he's he's... Just coming into, I mean, he's he's getting that swagger now. I think, and I think after I think, after, I think he's always, I think he's always had it, but I think now he's been allowed to exploit it a little bit more because yeah, when you're that's a, a yes. team, when you're with a smaller team, it's a lot harder to showcase yourself and kind of defeat that narrative of you know the big the the, the good kid on the small team trying to overachieve. Now he's right. the, now he's the kid on the big team, and it's been remarkable what they've been able to do this year. It certainly has, and I mean, I, I just on on the on the opposite, the other side of the coin of that was Scott Dixon. I mean, I I just <laughs> words can't explain. I mean, this is a guy of all the of all the tracks on the schedule. It's Mid Ohio, Scott Dixon, and you know, put your money down, and he was just totally off the lunch the whole weekend. There is there's nothing predictable about IndyCar racing, but Dixon doing well in Mid-Ohio, as you say, is one of the few things you can usually bookmark. Um, unfortunately, that Ganassi team was just out to lunch on setup all weekend. I mean, Dixon basically made miracles happen to get in the fast six. He didn't do anything from beyond that. Like, he's driving this year 
probably as best as he ever has. And you're not going to be able to, to say it on the results sheet, but a ninth-place finish or whatever he ended up Sunday might wind up getting him the championship because the car was evil. I mean, he was – they took one pit stop where they put – I think they took out about three turns of front wing to try to, to get the balance better because he was he was holding a train of cars up at one point. Elio Castroneves is right behind him. We're like, oh, great, these two. You know, they collided here last year. They're battling for the championship. There's the drama post-Toronto. And, and he was hanging on, and, and it was just – to show you how good Dixon was, none of the other guys in that team got better than 13th all weekend. So he's overachieving as he is. And, you know, it's, it's why he's the only guy of the four that's guaranteed back there next year. Let's turn to silly season. And, uh, boy, we were just talking about, you know, last or the week before uh, on Connor Daly and kind of heads are kind of down and wondering, you know, what's going to happen to Connor next year. And then, boom, goes to mid-Ohio as his best finish of the year. Yeah, that was huge. He he needed that. That that team needed that. It was a real shot in the arm. I think it should, goes to show that when you can test at a place beforehand, Foyt had tested there a week before as had coin, and you saw both Connor and, and Esteban Gutierrez get in the top 12 in qualifying, which is really good jobs by both of them. Uh, they needed that. And, and Connor, he won't admit it, but he's have, he's having to drive for his career right now, and it's, it's a shame that he's even in this position because – He's a really good fit for the series. He's, you know, very popular among the drivers. Drivers, you know, they kind of poke fun at him from time to time. But he's a good kid. He really is an excellent racer. I think he's one of the better racers in the series. His qualifying, though, has just not been the best. So he needed that result. He made some good passing moves, and I think he showed people that, like, hey, we can still do this, but uh, we need we need to get two or three more of those in the second half of the year to kind of prove that uh, that he still belongs. What about J.R. Hildebrand? I don't know. I'm not. I don't have the confident vibe about Jr. that I would like to. Jr. had a really tough season, kind of readjusting back to IndyCar full time because he's been out of the game for four or five years. He's done a lot of other things in his life, and on ovals, he's been fantastic. Him and him and his engineer Justin Taylor have had a really good baseline setup that they had from last year. And actually, the, the Iowa when the New Garden had last year, that was down to Jr.'s setup um, from a test mm-hmm. that he did. So he's been really good on the ovals. The problem has been uh, on the road and street courses, he's been comprehensively outclassed by Spencer Piggott. Um, I would not be surprised if Piggott gets a full-time opportunity next. I think he's very close to that from what I gathered at, at Mid-Ohio. Um, he's done a really good job for JR. I think I think he's another one of these guys that he needs, he needs one or two more standout drives the rest of the year to, to kind of keep going beyond the 2017. Well, he's got his chance because uh, two out of the next four races are on the ovals, and it and then boom, it's the end of the year. And you know, people have been talking about NASCAR should should end their series a lot earlier, and we're we're seeing a series here with IndyCar which does that. And however, he's gotten a lot of criticism, but I, I think the criticism is maybe starting the season earlier. And uh, there's been rumors bouncing around again about maybe do, doing a race in in Mexico. And I, you know, I, I'm I'm all forward. To, I, I'm 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 on with having the series end where, when it does. Uh, but I think it, yeah, I, definitely, I don't yeah, it at all. yeah, yeah. I I think let's if you if you want to do a race in Mexico early on, you know, in February or something, let, 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 let's start the season earlier. 
Yeah, and, and I think, you know, that was an early criticism of Mark Miles. I remember I had a I had an interview with Mario Andretti just completely impromptu at, at Coda a few years ago where she's like, Man, I can't believe he's ending the season so early and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna call him out for this and, and he was right, you know, and, and but they've been able to push it back two or three weeks. They've also been able to spread the races out better. For the first time in like three or four years there's such good data equity in IndyCar where we're not going into a schedule release saying hey, you know, what five races are dropping off next year? You know, everything is locked in. Um, Long Beach is probably now going to be back in a long-term deal, which is which is good to get uh, that news through this week. You know, it's not official yet, but it seems pretty dang close. I, I like where IndyCar ends because I think there's something there's something to be said for a series that leaves you wanting more rather than a series that goes on too long. It's like, when is this over yet? Mm. So, and that's what I like kind of about the pacing in IndyCar. I'd like to see more earlier, like in February, but, you know, I don't mind the schedule as it is right now, and I think I think that's like one of its better selling points. Let's get back to Road America. Of course, we got the Road America Continental uh, Road Racing Showcase this weekend, and we got what qualifying today, and then the racing tomorrow. Qualifying today, yep, uh, coming up in the next twenty-ish minutes here. Um, race is Sunday, two hours forty minutes. Four classes, thirty plus cars. I think one thirty central starting time. So it's kind of a cool variety of races where Cadillacs racing, Nissan racing. I, I would say Mazda, but unfortunately they're not here this weekend because they've withdrawn their car uh, to focus on twenty eighteen prep. And then in the GT classes, you've got man Corvette, BMW, Ferrari, Ford, Porsche, Lamborghini, Audi. Acura, Lexus, the list goes on. So um, just great variety of, of action. And uh, with possible rain in the forecast, I could spice things up a bit too. So uh, stay tuned for what should be another fun race at uh, the legendary National Park Speed. And uh, we're just talking to Tony DeZeno on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Make sure to check all his stuff out at NBC Sports, Motorsports tab at the top. And uh, Tony, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Z-Man. Good time as always. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.